This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Cats at night. Now here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here. And all I can say... TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. My God. But we got some show for you today, and uh, the studio is is full. It must be wintertime. Everybody's home. We have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. Tony Carbonetti is here. Vito Vassella, the borough president of Staten Island, is here. And he he's mad as hell at a, at a few things, and he's going to talk about that. And former Governor David Patterson. David, you made a great governor. Thank you. Bring back David. <laughs> Bring back David. Bring back David. And Lydia Serrani, my sidekick here. And uh, we got some show today. We got uh, uh, Miranda Devine is going to be on. And, and uh, uh, Larry Cudlow. And, yes, uh, and with Michael Goodwin, uh, Sarah Carter talking about the border, Dr. Peter Mikolos. But first, Miranda Devine has some. Breaking news. WABC. Twitter files part six. It looks like the FBI was working in concert with Twitter to silence free speech. Miranda Devine, it's serendipity that we have you on. And this literally just happened moments ago. Another Twitter dump by journalist Matt Taibbi. Tell us what you know. Yes. Hi, Lydia. And hi, John and everybody. Um, This has just happened a few minutes ago. It's basically the sixth Twitter files dump. Uh, there are a number of journalists, including Matt Taibbi, who uh, writes on Substack. It's a sort of, uh, I guess you'd call him a former liberal, or he's still a liberal, but he's been red-pilled. He used to write for many years for Rolling Stone, very good journalist. And his latest theme of his um, 45-odd tweets in a Twitter thread is about the FBI, as you said. And It really does show, as he says, that um, the FBI's contact with Twitter was constant and pervasive, as if it were a subsidiary, he says. And so we're starting to see the real architecture of the censorship regime that was installed on Twitter and likely the other social media platforms by various federal government agencies, primarily the FBI. But also, as Matt Taibbi shows, there were some allied kind of liberal think tanks. There's one uh, called, I think, the Election Integrity Project at Stanford University. Um, And you'll find um, that a lot of these so-called think tanks at universities, for instance, I know there's the Hayden Centre at, uh, I think, George Mason University, named after Michael Hayden, um, a former CIA director who also was one of the authors of that scurrilous letter that uh, claimed before the 2020 election that Hunter Biden's laptop and our stories about emails on it was Russian disinformation. So there's a lot of cross-pollination in these think tanks with people who actively work to censor uh, what I know, the New York Post story, but probably uh, were, were in concert working with the FBI, federal government agencies and social media platforms to censor 
dissident views of American citizens, including, as Matt Taibbi shows, jokes, just satire. Wow. Uh, Tony Carbonetti, what say you? So, Miranda, is the drip drip uh, Matt Taibbi or is Musk doing a slow rollout? Like, did he give a bunch of this to, to Taibbi and Taibbi's slowly rolling it out? No, from what I understand, Elon Musk has given a number of um, journalists that he regards as independent journalists that don't work for any corporate media that work for Substack or themselves, people like Barry Weiss and Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi. He's given them full access uh, to everything at Twitter. But it's just that the material is, you know, it's like you think of, of... WABC or any organisation, you're going through their servers and trying to find out of tens of thousands or more of emails and communication, Slack messages uh, and, and calendar entries and so on, you're trying to pick the eyes out of that. You're looking for the nugget narrative. of gold. Yes. So I think that what they're doing is search terms. So um, possibly FBI or they're looking at particular accounts, you know, email accounts to see what communications I've had, for instance, with this FBI agent called Elvis Chan from San Francisco, who uh, basically coordinated the weekly meetings that the FBI was having with Twitter uh, in the weeks before the 2020 election, when basically it was instructing them what to censor and also pre-bunked our story they knew was coming down the pike about Hunter Biden's laptop. They told the FBI told Twitter, we know uh, from a sworn declaration from a Twitter, high-ranking Twitter executive, that the FBI warned them to be on the lookout for a um, bunch of hacked material, probably in October, about Hunter Biden. Miranda, this is Vito Fasol. I'm just curious, what's the? Is there a takeaway? You know, a lot of folks, a lot of folks who feel there's this so-called deep state um, that exists in some way, shape, or form. Is there some type of takeaway based on what uh, this latest uh, series of tweets uh, reveal? Yes. I, look, I think it shows that there is um, a deep state. Uh, you know, Donald Trump railed against it. He was never able to do anything to rein it in. And in fact, if anything, the deep state uh, crippled his administration. Um, and Taibbi describes the deep state in, twi- in tweet number two. 44, as a really a tangled collaboration of state agencies, private contractors, and sometimes state-funded NGOs. The lines become so blurred as to be meaningless. But really, they're all pushing on a, in the left-wing direction. And at Twitter, they were pushing on an open door because the vast majority of Twitter employees were Democrats or Liberals. Miranda Devine, do you think this goes further than just Twitter? Does this go to Facebook? Does it go to the major news networks as well? Um, Well, I I can only really speak about social media platforms, but we know that the FBI was having these weekly meetings with about seven platforms, and that included uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, Reddit. I can't remember the others. Oh, Wikipedia was one of them. Um, and so, which I guess isn't social media, but is definitely has been captured by um, liberals who edit material that doesn't suit their worldview um, 
and, and you know, denigrate people who they regard as being uh, against them or opponents. And we know that one of the, I think his name is Larry Sanger, one of the Wikipedia founders has um, repudiated what Wikipedia has become. So I think um, certainly when it comes to social media, there really has been uh, an effort by um, the FBI that we can see to censor material that um, goes against some kind of, I don't know, nefarious agenda that they have. Judge Weinberg? Miranda, uh, on another topic also involving these entangled relationships, you have the situation, you just wrote this great column about the timing of the arrest and the unsealing of the indictment on uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, which is very, very troubling, right on the eve of him supposed to be testifying. And anybody who's a prosecutor knows you'd want this guy out there to speak first because he could incriminate himself and give them uh, investigative leads. And on top of that, in addition to that, there's now also the other day the uh, chair of the committee from California, she tried to silence Republicans. from Maxine Waters, right. So what do you say about that, Miranda? Yes, well, I, Judge Weinberg, you would know better than anybody um, the value of having your target um, basically testifying for hours before a congressional committee and fielding hostile questions um, and being under oath. I mean, that is just gold to a prosecutor. And it's really um, very suspicious, very curious that the Southern District of New York, the Department of Justice, decided to arrest Sam Bankman-Fried in the Bahamas just hours before he was due to testify at this financial services committee. And there were lots of, you know, both Democrat and Republicans were prepared to ask him some pretty serious questions. And, um, you know, there were Republican members of Congress who are former prosecutors who were just completely bamboozled and who um, called called out the authorities for doing that. But it wasn't just Republicans. Democrats were as well. And there was one Democrat who asked um, Twitter's new bankruptcy CEO uh, if, if, if he saw any uh, sort of untoward collaboration between the authorities um, and uh, you know and and Sam Bankman Fried would he would he let them know because no one can understand why prosecutors would pass up this golden opportunity to flesh out their case other than if they wanted to well could be utter incompetence or it could be that they were protecting someone and who who would they be protecting well the people who got the campaign money the, exactly. So, I mean, Sam Bankman-Fried, FTX, uh, Elon Musk has actually uh, put the, the, the figure as, as much as $1 billion in dark money packs uh, that benefit the Democrats. Um, others on Wall Street have told me it's probably less, more like half a billion, $500 million that was funneled through. Um, it looked as if FTX uh, if it if it wasn't set up for this purpose, certainly became a sort of a, a money laundering operation to uh, send money from big corporates uh, like BlackRock or SoftBank um, to uh, or Sequoia uh, to these these packs that benefited the Democrats. And uh, one of the charges against Sam Bankman-Fried is money laundering, and another set of charges is to do with campaign finance violations. 
he took the money. It wasn't his money, I understand, a lot of it. He took the money from his customers. Yeah, it wasn't his so money. So it was customers' they money. They were investors. Well, you know, customers, this, this is almost investors. a victimless crime. Uh, victimless crime because you, you don't see any stories about, you know, small mum and there's dad There's nothing investors. in the New York Times. There's nothing in the Washington Post. There's nothing on CNN about it. I'm part of the These minority. Are big I agree. Time investors, big time investors, and I asked someone why would they not just give the money direct to the PACs? And I was told because that would annoy their investors. Like the Sequoia, or, or say, for instance, they have investors, and those investors might look askance at having their money pumped into these PACs for political purposes, and so they they launder the money through FTX. And wow. that, way they can, that way they can just say, well, you know, look, we made a bad is that, investment. Is that co-conspirators? I mean, would they become co-conspirators at that point? Uh, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt whether there would be any appetite to go after them. And also... It- oh, I think she. we just lost what Miranda Devine. Oh, there we she is. Were- we were investing in um, cryptocurrency exchange. This is a new, um, you know, a new kind of financial product. And I guess we made a bad investment, but sometimes that happens because we are doing our best. Stupid. To- now, now exactly. I think you're absolutely right. There's something, uh, you know, what was the old expression again? There's something rotten in Denmark. Yeah. There's something rotten in, in, in District of Bahamas that they arrest this guy the day before. He has to testify, and they were afraid he was going to open his big mouth. Mm-hmm. Yep, oh, my they God. Were. And then there's another uh, aspect of this. Gary Gensler, who's the SEC chairman, former uh, chief finance guru for Hillary Clinton's campaign, he had two meetings uh, in the last 12 months with Sam Bankman-Fried, which is highly unusual. And as well as that, um, Fox News just had an exclusive this week showing that Gary Gensler had um, hidden from public view aspects of his uh, his diary which or his calendar, which showed uh, meetings with um, George Soros, Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi. So those public calendar details were scrubbed by Gary Gensler. Miranda, you know, uh, we could talk for an hour, mm-hmm. but uh, we're, we're, we're coming up on a hard break. And uh, thank you so much for searching for the truth. And, uh, and uh, we'll talk again real soon. Keep searching. Thanks, John. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, are we going to take a break right now? And we're going to come back with Larry Kudlow to find out how the heck is the economy doing. Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.